In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. My dear sisters and brothers in Christ, all I want for Christmas is you. That classic Mariah Carey song has once again this year topped the charts for the most played and downloaded Christmas song in 2021. All I want for Christmas is you. Maybe maybe that's not your song. Maybe that doesn't make your list of the most played and most downloaded songs this year for Christmas, but you've got a list. A list of the songs that kind of put you in the Christmas spirit. The song that you play throughout the entire house that lets everybody know we've transitioned into the happiest time of the year. What does that list sound like? I was reminded of all these classics this past week. My daughter had a a chorus recital at school and they sang all of them. You know, songs like Jingle Bell Rock and rocking around the Christmas tree, or it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, or let it snow, which seems really strange to sing out here. Or maybe it's the most wonderful time of the year. I don't know, maybe none of those are your songs. Maybe your favorite Christmas songs are the songs we sing here and are not the ones you necessarily hear on the radio. So your list includes songs like Silent Night, or O Holy Night, or O Come All Ye Faithful, O Little Town of Bethlehem, Hark the Herald, Angels Sing, Away in a Manger, or Joy to the World. All of which we will be singing this week. But no matter how many lists you've made or how many top tens I've found, there's one song that I've never seen on the most loved or most played or most downloaded Christmas songs, and it really should be. You won't hear it on the radio. Michael Buble, who has the voice of an angel, doesn't sing a rendition of it, and it's not even found in the Christmas section of our own hymnal. But we did just sing a version of it. It's called... The Magnificat. And it is the Christmas song. It's actually the first Christmas song. Because it was the first song written after the news came that Jesus was going to be born. Magnificat, it's the name of the song that comes from the first word in the song in The Latin, and it was a song written by the woman who heard that news before anyone else. It was written by Jesus' mother, Mary. Which sort of makes it a a little strange, doesn't it, for us non Rome Christians? We're always a little leery of anything that has to do with Mary, right? Because we know that, that other Christians and other people have sort of abused Mary. They've given to her glory and honor that does not belong to her. For example, 
there is the teaching out there of the Immaculate Conception. That Mary was conceived without sin. Or there is the, the teaching out there of the Assumption of Mary. And that is that Mary never actually died. She sort of just was assumed up into heaven. Or there are those who, who pray to Mary and, and in, in a sense, worship Mary because she's the one, they believe, who serves as the mediator and go-between between them and Jesus. And knowing that there are a lot of things out there that kind of put Mary into a light that she should not be in, knowing that there are a lot of things out there that give to Mary this glory that belongs to Jesus Christ alone, we... We tend to distance ourselves from Mary. But we shouldn't. And part of me, you just you kind of want to ask Mary what she thinks about all of this. Like, what would she say if she knew people were saying and doing these things on her behalf? Mary, does it does it flatter you? Does it sadden you? Something in between? Well, the nice thing is, we don't have to wonder what Mary thinks about herself or about God because she has given to us the very words, the answer to all of those questions. She put them in a song. And the song says more than you and I are typically willing to say about her. The song says more than just she, she was just simply the, the earthly mother of Jesus. No. She writes a song, as I mentioned, was, is called the Magnificat. And, and maybe you don't speak Latin and you have no clue what that means, but even if you don't, it's kind of easy to figure out. Magnificat means to magnify. To zero in and focus on something. To take something and make it huge. And that's the whole point of Mary's song. The question is, what is she magnifying? Herself? Or someone else? Well, listen again. She says, my soul magnifies. Our, our translation has glorifies. My, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. So whom is it that Mary magnifies? pretty obvious, isn't it? My soul magnifies the Lord. But why? Well, she gives a, a number of reasons, one stacked on top of another. She, the first is, is very telling. She calls the Lord God my Savior, dispelling any notion that Mary was somehow sinless. Because you know who doesn't need a Savior? Sinless people. But Mary rejoices in God her Savior. 
And she knew that from her own womb, her Savior was coming. My soul magnifies the Lord, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. We all have pictures in our mind of what the Holy Family looked like, Mary, Joseph, and the baby. But most scholars actually agree that Mary was probably somewhere between the ages of 13 to 15. My daughter isn't that old yet, but a lot of you have had to deal with daughters that age. And I don't know that humility is probably a word that you would use to describe that age bracket of a young woman. But it was for Mary. And while a 13 to 15 year old is oftentimes easily overlooked by the world, they are not overlooked by God. And neither was Mary. Though she appeared ordinary to so many people, she was special to God. That's really what the word mindful means there when she says, the Lord has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. It doesn't just mean that the Lord was running through the the millions and millions of people in the world and up Mary just happened to come to mind. No, that word mindful means to pay special attention to something or to, to be specifically concerned about someone. That's what God was for Mary. My soul magnifies the Lord for the Mighty One has done great things for me. I mean, this would have been her chance, right? This would have been her chance more than any chance you or I have ever had in this lifetime. This was Mary's chance to say, Hey world, check me out. Look at what I've done. It just goes to show you what hard work and humility can do for someone. Mary doesn't magnify herself. She magnifies God. My God is great. Look at the great things that He has done for me. Finally, she says, My soul magnifies the Lord. Holy is His name. His name is holy, is to be praised is to be honored and worshipped. He is the Holy One. The One who saves. The One who sees me, who is concerned about me. He is the One who does mighty things. How could I not praise and honor and adore Him? And because all of this is true about Mary, Mary says... From now on, all generations will call me blessed. But even here, Mary is not praising herself. I mean, my goodness, her relative Elizabeth has already called her blessed twice. It was the very first thing she said when Mary showed up at her doorstep. She said, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. How can you argue with that? I mean, you are blessed by your children. 
They are a blessing to you, probably one of the greatest blessings that you have experienced in this life. And yet, sorry to burst your bubble, none of them are Jesus. Mary is blessed. Elizabeth followed it up with, Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary did. Mary is blessed by faith. Think about what that means, though, to be blessed. If you say to someone in a moment of sincere gratitude, I'm so blessed, you're not bragging about yourself. You're not pointing out how awesome you are. You are pointing out the person or persons who were so unbelievably awesome to you. I'm so blessed. And that was true for Mary. And her soul magnifies the one who had been so awesome to her. I don't know, maybe none of this is something that is a a temptation for you. Maybe you've never once in your life ever been tempted to magnify Mary. But I have absolutely no doubt that you are daily tempted to magnify something else. Especially this time of year. So what is it or who is it that your soul is magnifying this Christmas? What will be the, your highlight over the next seven, eight days? What will be the thing that you are most excited about this time next week? That you have time off of school or time off of work? having all of your kids home, getting the family together, the presents you'll receive, the presents you'll give? How will you finish this sentence next Sunday? I'm so blessed because... Or look at it another way. What is the one thing, if it didn't happen, or if it did happen would just ruin your Christmas. If you got called into work, or if you lost your job, if your kids didn't make it home, if you don't get what you were really hoping for, or if your well-thought-out, perfectly planned, really expensive present doesn't produce the reaction you were hoping for. Or maybe you already know that you will not be spending this Christmas with the one person or the people you really, truly want to, and therefore there is absolutely no way that you are going to have a Merry Christmas. You see, there's a trick when it comes to looking through a magnifying glass. Do you remember this as a kid? The trick is that you have to close the other eye. There can't be anything else in your peripheral. The whole point of magnifying something means that it is your sole focus. But we tend to think that we can magnify all of these other things at Christmas while we keep Jesus in our peripheral. 
Oh, we're quick to tell people and businesses that they better keep Christ in Christmas, but do we? Would it ruin your Christmas if we canceled church this week? Or would it actually help you out because it would make you feel less guilty for missing it? Friends, we get it all wrong when we take our magnifying glass at Christmas and point it at anything that isn't Jesus. Because you know what? All of those doomsday Christmas scenarios, they could all happen or not happen. And over the past however many Christmases you've celebrated, they probably have. So if you're tying your Merry Christmas to stuff or people or presents, there's always a pretty good chance that you're going to be disappointed. But you know what is always, always, always true at Christmas? The Mighty One has done great things for you. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. The whole reason why Christmas even exists in the first place. The whole reason why you have time off of work or time off of school and why your family is going to make the trip to see you and why we exchange presidents, presents, all of it only exists because God sent His Son to be born of the Virgin Mary. And that Son never disappoints. Even in the earliest stages of her pregnancy, Mary got this. She magnifies the Lord, not just because her child was going to make her a mother, but because her child was going to save her. She doesn't say, my soul glorifies my baby, but my soul glorifies the Lord. And that's not only true for Mary. The grace of God goes way beyond Mary. She wanted that for all people too. Mary holds up the magnifying glass of Christmas and she invites you to come and take a look for yourself. She said, His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. You see, this is the beauty of Mary's Christmas song. It isn't just a song about one silent, holy night. And Mary says, this isn't just my story. No, this is the story of everything. This is the story for everyone. From generation to generation. This is the story of God's mercy and His powerful deliverance for all people, which means it's God's deliverance and mercy for you. Just look around you, Mary says. 
How great is your God? Look at how blessed your life is because of Him. How He uses His mighty mercy. He humbles you when you want to put that magnifying glass on yourself and He lifts you up after He's humbled you. He does the exact opposite of what the world thinks He should do. And He does it always for His glory and always to save you. Finally, Mary says He has helped His servant Israel remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our fathers. Mary sees in this child the fulfillment of God's promise, not just to her, not just to Israel, but this promise, the promise that God had made to Abraham over 2,000 years before. And what was that promise? but the promise that through Abraham's descendant, all people would be blessed. And now Mary knows that that descendant of Abraham is going to be her descendant too. And through that descendant, God would bless all people. Because through that descendant, God would save his people from their sins. You see, Mary sees this promise, this fulfillment, being that affirmation that God keeps all of his promises. Even when you think you're no one, even when you think he's forgotten about everything, even when you think it's been so long in coming that there's no possible way he could still keep it. God has done mighty things for me, Mary says, and he has for you too. And here's the promise that God makes to you this Christmas. That no matter what you've magnified in the past, or what you are tempted to put under the magnifying glass this Christmas, this is what Christmas means for you. That when it comes to God's magnifying glass, all he sees in it is you. You are his focus. God has done mighty things for you. Like Mary, you too are blessed. In future generations, they will call you blessed because of what God has done for you. Because Jesus wasn't just born. He lived every day with you in his magnifying glass. He overcame every temptation for you. He kept every commandment for you. Then he took that perfect life and he sacrificed it on a cross for you. And then he rose again from the dead for you. And then he made you this promise that he is preparing a place in heaven for you. And even right here and now, in baptism, he puts his name on you, little Christians. And later on, you'll come up this morning as he gives himself to you, body and blood in bread and wine for forgiveness and life. My goodness, has he done mighty things for you. Holy is his name.
Of all the people in the world, God chose Mary. That's reason enough to remember her, to cherish her, to honor her as the one that God chose to be this blessed woman to bring into the world her salvation and ours. But never forget that out of all of the people in the world, God also chose you. He chose you to be His very own. He chose you to be the people who knew and understood the real meaning of Christmas. Which is overwhelming, I know. Why me? Why you? What else could we possibly say? But my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. The Holy One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. Friends, there ain't no better Christmas song than that. Never forget it. Sing it with Mary. Not just today, but always. In Jesus' name, amen.